I feel like it'll be a short episode, but I'm just desperate to talk about the song I Want It All by Coin. I texted you about it because I was listening to it about four times a day back in uh, December, January. And um, it just brought me so much joy to listen to. And I would just groove to it every time it came up. And I was like, oh, I got to tell someone about this. I was like, I'll tell Tyler. And then you're like, oh yeah, the band Coin's pretty good. And I was like, I haven't listened to anything by them except this. Is it still, have you still only listened to that song? I tried a couple others and nothing has hooked me the same way. So what about that song hooked you? So if you just think about it just as a, thing what about it grabs you um is it the bass guitar it might be a little bit of the bass guitar just the opening part of it is so lovely and sets the stage that like this is a song where your 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 shoulders are just going to start wiggling to this and then it's got a little bit of like a lounge feel to it and the way I found it too because I'll take song recommendations from just about anywhere. And it's generally gone pretty well for me. Like I'll look up a YouTube video and listen to the song and I haven't wasted any money on it and it's fine. And this one specifically I found because I was reading extremely explicit gay fanfic and, um, they're like, this is named after the song I want it all. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll check that out. Like <laughs> I read like 25,000 words of polyamorous <laughs> fucking, like, this is great. And I looked it up and I, I was like, erotica just in you. Yeah. <laughs> and then that song, and it's just like, it really hit the wholesomeness of all of that gay fucking for me, where I was like, you do want it all. And you went for yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, the gay community is far more wholesome than straight people. Like, let's <laughs> like there's, there's very little wholesomeness about straight people. <laughs> I say that as like mostly one. So. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just really hit hard for me. And uh, I've now done like some dancing to it with someone else too, which always feels nice. I like dancing with other people. It's hard to get people to go there with you sometimes. And that's kind of a bummer, especially guys I've found are not super into dancing. <laughs> I think that we are very, con- like, I know that I just feel like I don't really know how to dance and I don't want to like bum somebody out by not being able to like mirror their energy. Mm. But I'm also an old old man and I have like bad hips. So that's a real fear. Like I, I also might be injured significantly while dancing and then somebody has to deal with it. Oh. Somebody has to call an ambulance, call mm-hmm. my medical insurance provider. <laughs> but yeah, like, the, I mean, and I think to that point, and I think it's, there's a similar experience when you are seeing a band live, especially like in a crowd, moving your body and being upright and being you know, oftentimes in a, in the dark with lights on and it's kind of like this single homogenous vibe of the people here and the music, like whether it's dancing or a concert, like I do feel that that and moving your body to music. And I, I do think that that changes music a lot. And I think that for me, obviously there's just some bands that are terrible live or some bands that have terrible recordings and then they're better live. But I think for me, for the most part, when I think of a song, if it's a band that I've seen, I th- my, my brain goes to that. It's picturing 
them creating the song in front of me, as opposed to like thinking about sitting in my car, listening to it, unless there's obviously like a, a story with that. Like I was in like a high speed chase while I was listening to it or something. Yeah, you just but a baby you, driver. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. Did the guy who made that, the guy that made that bad, a bad person or something? No, no, he's good. Okay, good. I love that movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. He, um, he did all of the, uh, the Shaun of the Dead and um, yeah, yeah. Hot fuzz and all of that. Hot fuzz. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of pictures of him and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost like hugging and snuggling. So that's so nice. I think we're good. So, but when you think, so if you think, so let's say like a like Mother Mother, a band yeah. that I know you love and that you've seen. Yes. Do you when you think of a song, if you think of like Dance and Cry by Mother Mother, mm-hmm. do you think of when you've seen them playing it in front of you, or do you just think of the song? in a context of you listening to it? I think I'm with you and it depends, but it helps if I know what they look like. Cause I sometimes don't know what band members look like and it can be surprising. Yeah. And I'd never seen anyone from mother mother before until I went to the concert in the basement, of the Doug fur. And um, that's a noodly man. That's a noodly yeah. bleached man. <laughs> and he was very like, like very like tanned and very like, they're well dressed and like yeah he was like a weird like sting look to him yeah. and uh then he had those those two women one of them was his sister on on stage two and uh the rest of the band kind of faded to the background with those three because they're kind of carrying the whole thing but I I can picture him now with the, like the physicality of how he performed that. Like he folded in half. He was screaming some stuff. His voice breaks in the album, which I love to hear. I love when people's voices hit those extremes. Um, and so I can totally picture that guy doing that. But then on like the flip side, there's some bands where I have no idea what they look like. And um, can't picture them at all. And coin, I have no idea what they look like. I'm mostly, I'm trying to think about what about a song kind of gets me moving. Cause some songs, I don't care what the person looks like. I don't picture myself in particular situations. It's all just about like the moment that the song comes on, I'm in it and I have to move even if it's just a little bit, it feels almost like I'm paying tribute to how much I love the song. If I start like, you know, nodding along with it or anything like that. So that's cool. That's yeah. It's a, and I mean, it's, I think, and especially like, you know, when I first moved to Oregon from North Dakota, where there wasn't concerts, like the concerts that happened there were like the ones that I put on and then would bring in a touring band and open for them because I put it on and that's how I like got my name out there. Nice. Um, I basically, you know, instead of paying 20 bucks for a ticket, I would have to pay 300 bucks to a band to come and then hopefully make ticket money back, <laughs> which was a different experience for getting into live music. <laughs> um, but I feel like, especially the first probably five or six years after moving here, like we went to, you know, we were probably going to four or five shows a month that entire time. And so, you know, we saw several hundred shows. A lot of times it was bands that we got kind of liked and thought were pretty good, you know, and now we're to that point where to get out of the house and it needs to be somebody that, you know, we love and it's going to be an experience. But back then we saw so many bands that I think so many, so much of the music that I listened to, like I have seen those bands and I, 
I, I know what they look like. I know what their mannerisms are. I know how they talk to the crowd between songs. And so that's such a different experience from not knowing any of those things about somebody. I feel like it, you probably have a much more pure interpretation of the song without any of that. But I feel like there's more about like the technical appreciation. Like what I really love about seeing bands in concert is when they are technically very skilled. Like I saw Hozier in concert before he kind of blew up. Now he'd probably do Moda Center, which I'm not going to fuck with. Like stadium, stadium shows really don't interest me. But I saw him at the Wonder Ballroom and uh, watched him just play the guitar. And I was like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. He's extremely good. And same with Kishibashi. When he came through Portland, I saw him and he was down on his hands and knees, like pounding the pedals, like building a soundscape. And I loved it. I was like, I don't, this doesn't come across in an album. You can't layer this much and have this much come through in truth, like in a recording in person, they're just hitting you with the decibels and it's fantastic. Um, and I loved that. And so getting to see people who are very skilled at building these songs or playing an instrument is kind of part of the appeal for me. And I've totally done that where I was like, I've heard of this band. I better go see him. And sometimes that pans out very badly for me where I'm like, oh, that wasn't. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Don't ever go see Buck Cherry. You know, you're going to Go ruin your your perfect vision of them. Yeah, probably. I, some of it too is the audience, where I'm just like, Ooh. like yeah. Mountain Goats concerts are hard for me to go to because I'm like, all of you are so young and angry, and I'm like old and sleepy. <laughs> you're you're almost thirty. Like you are old enough to be the parent of several of the yeah a large percentage of their fan base yeah and I'm like none of you cheer for those times that he did cocaine like don't do <laughs> cocaine <laughs> yeah no I mean I I completely get that and there's something to be and I think that there's something to be said about being you know real young and you just go and experience as much live music as you can and take it all in and it's oh, all of the just it's such a singular experience to go be in a crowd. You're all looking at the same thing. You're all, in though, you know, the experience is going to be slightly different for everybody, but you're all experiencing a thing together. And that's just a really special thing. And I think that that's, you know, unfortunately there are some fan bases that suck. And, you know, I think of a lot of, you know, I don't really go to many punk shows anymore because it's mostly, you know, 19 year olds who just want to like be little shitheads, which when I was 19, I wanted to go to the punk show and be a little shithead. And so like, <laughs> I get it. I've passed the shithead torch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a, that is a thing, but I would actually, I'd be really interested. So like, have you been to shows? Have you gone to concerts before with bands that you really love or festivals or whatever that you, you know, really looking forward to where the fan base who was there made the experience less enjoyable? I would say actually seeing Hozier live was a bit of a bummer for the fan base department. Like I went with one of my best friends, Kate and my mom and um, stood apart from my mom. And yeah. <laughs> uh, we were like on opposite sides of the room. Based, and I was like in my twenties, I wasn't ashamed to be seen with my mom, but I was like, I'm gonna stand over here with my friend. <laughs> um, 
and like Hozier was wonderful, but he is a very tall, skinny Irishman, very soft spoken. His songs are pretty quiet and the audience was pretty drunk and kept yelling at him to take his clothes off. And he was really embarrassed and like didn't know how to handle that kind of heckling. And it wasn't like constant, like take it off. He was wearing like a flannel and jeans. Like the man just was here to play us some nice songs. Oh, yeah, he should have known with what he was wearing. <laughs> he was asking <laughs> for it in Portland. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, and that was just like, deeply unfortunate I suppose and where was that after was that like when he had released like the take me to church song yeah. where was that in his career yeah that was after take me to church that was like the summer after take me to church so okay. um I don't think he'd even had a full album released at that or it had just come out it had just come out because he played one of the songs from it and it's about like being eat, your body being eaten by foxes as you decompose and my friend and I were like, we were just laughing very quietly, but very hard at that one. We were like, what is he saying? Because <laughs> um, we'd only known him as like sort of the like sad bluesy man. And now suddenly he was like, when you're dead, your corpse will just turn into earth. And we were like, whoa. <laughs> yes. Yes. It will. It will. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, I don't think I've had any hugely bad ex I've had bad experiences at concerts but it wasn't like the band's fault or the audience's fault crowds make me nervous and sometimes that just gets stuck and I have a bad time um but probably one of the weirdest concert experience it's not a super weird story but I went and saw a daughter and uh, at the crystal ballroom and um I had a very different perception of them because I'd only listened to one of their albums and it was kind of an early one. And I was like, oh, so they're like kind of quiet and acoustic. And this was like pretty hardcore, like uh, droning sound going on, which I makes me, it, it puts me on edge a bit. Yeah, um, and they were playing kind of their harder music. So even though the lyrics were very beautiful and very poignant, they were also kind of like yelling it and um someone close up to the stage had an asthma attack oh, while the band was playing and uh someone was yelling for an inhaler and they passed one over the audience and got them an inhaler and then they were like we're good and the band was like i guess we'll keep playing and they did and i was oh, like wow that's that's an evening right there yeah it was pretty Ooh. wild the light shows was crazy and i was just like huh <laughs> i mean when you especially if you're going to a show like pretty like intensely expecting a vibe and then getting a different vibe i mean that can be that can be a I guess a good experience, but I feel like most of the time it's bad. I was thinking Emily and Aaron and I went to see um, Shaky Graves in- I Eugene. hear such bad things about his performances and I love his work. Yes. And so, you know, we always listen to all of his, you know, his first few records that are all very like folky and- Beautiful. You know, a lot of cute lyrics and a lot of really pretty lyrics. Mm -hmm. And it was- he was just about to release that new rec his, I don't know, it's a couple of records old now, but where it's, it was pretty rock oriented and it was pretty like kind of stoner rocky vibe, which I don't necessarily know that I would go out of my way to listen to that music of his anyway, but just 
every, it was just like, being, it felt like I was at like a, like a Grateful Dead show. It was just oh. big, like trippy light show and just lots of really slow, drony, noodly, like, you know, Southern rock vibe stuff. And it was just such a different vibe than we were expecting to the point where like Aaron like went outside and she's like, this is too much for me because I wasn't ready. I was expecting like a nice folk show. Mm -hmm. And it was just this intense, like trippy, whatever. Like my guess is Shaky Graves like discovered LSD or something before <laughs> that. I don't know. I'm not saying the Shaky Graves is on LSD, mm -hmm. but it might be. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and, and so that's a show that we always like joke about like being like the show that was just the most god awful experience, even though it's somebody we don't dislike, you know. Yeah, I had one of those with uh, Andrew Bird actually. It was just a weird experience because um, it was at what's the not the Keller Auditorium, but the one that's like got all the fancy shit on the ceiling and the Arlen Schnitzer. The Schnitzer. He was at the Schnitz. And um, that already has a weird like symphony vibe to it. Yeah. And he's a he's a violinist, but he doesn't play the violin in a typical way. There's a lot of plucking and he he plays around with it. The lyrics are great. I love his work. Um, but I had forgotten the fact that mostly what I do when I listen to Andrew Andrew Bird is I sleep. <laughs> it, yeah. it knocks me out. It's great. <laughs> uh, I love it so much and it makes me very sleepy. And he decided to do some sort of laser thing in the background where there was just straight up like laser weavings almost happening in the background. It wasn't like light show over the audience. It was straight up just like laser lines um, shooting out from behind him and his band. And I, I was like, I'm so sleepy because my Pavlovian response to Andrew Bird is to get tired and these lights are freaking me out. <laughs> And I'm sitting down in a big fancy room and like I'm wearing jeans and I don't know how I feel about this. That feels, that, that feels like it's like one of those weird fever dreams that you yeah. have after like you haven't had enough water for a couple of days. Yeah. Like, yeah, like Andrew Bird was there, and there was like a weird light show and I was I was wearing jeans in a beautiful hall. Yeah. Everyone around me was in tuxedos. Yeah. <laughs> Just like someone didn't send the right memo out and I got a very twisted version of what I expected that concert to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that can be, and it's unfortunate when going into something that you don't expect or having to deal with crowds that you don't expect. Like we went to a, a Trampled by Turtles show. It was Trampled I by Turtles them. and Beer Tick, who like, you know, both bands that we love. And we were standing right up at the front and there was just like, two just like shithead people behind us, like dancing into people and being like, it really in people's space. And then like telling other people that they're being in their space and like, you know, the like the worst kinds of concert goers. Yeah. And I remember like, like I literally like almost got into a fight with the guy. Cause he just mm -hmm. like, they kept being so like aggressive and just mean to people. And like, and I think about that kind of stuff and like that, that really takes away from a show and like, and I feel like there's just certain kinds of bands, like I like I hate to say it, but a lot of like fast folk bands or like folk rock, I feel like there's like a, it attracts a lot of really p good music fans and also like a lot of like frat dudes who are like you know I like I really love Mumford and Sons, like that speaks to me, man. And so I'm gonna go to the Trample by Turtle show because that feels like the same thing to me. And they're just drinking Budweiser all day. <laughs> 
and they want to be at the front they want to be in the band yeah yeah that is reminding me of a concert that could have gone so bad but didn't because i was i was there with my friend elena and again my mom i go to a lot of concerts with my mom <laughs> it was outside and it was nathaniel ratliff and the night sweats which is just fantastic stuff and there was part of what I love about concerts is when the people watching is good, it's very, very good. I've seen some really fantastic dancers out there. I'll never forget weed hat guy. He was such a good dancer. Um, (laughs) But this concert, uh, I and my friend Elena were the good dancers and the people in front of us were um, two heterosexual couples. Uh, The women each had a tattoo of the Jesus fish on different parts of their bodies. Just square on the tit. Yeah, right on the tit. One was a one was a tramp stamp, and <laughs> um, the guys that they were with were not quite allowed to touch them. <laughs> like they didn't oh. know where to put their hands, and the girls didn't like it when their hands were anywhere. And the body language was just so uncomfortable. <sighs> yeah, my friend Elena and I were just partying so hard, and we were having a wonderful time. And this couple just kept these couples just kept looking at us with such disgust. <laughs> and I realized later, I was like, oh, they were like, oh, the queers are here. Yep. And I'm like, yes, but also we're having a much better time than you. <laughs> yes, and also. Yeah. Also, that's tough because I I feel like Nathaniel Rateliff, like, like we've seen him a couple times. Like we saw him at Pickathon one year and then we saw him in the Pioneer Courthouse Square one year. Right? <laughs> you heard that story where Aaron was on the stairs, like 18 flights of stairs. Yep. Um, but I feel like as much as that's like a fun party dance vibe, it also like, it's, there's, he's got some real sexy, like funky songs that kind of make you want to like get close to the person next to you so mm-hmm. I feel bad for those couples that they had to go to such a sexual show <laughs> when clearly they were abstaining forever yeah <laughs> I don't know what you're expecting with the name like night sweats like <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know like when you're dreaming about Jesus really hard and, like, <laughs> yeah you feel of the power of Christ moving through you <laughs> and telling you yeah yeah <laughs> Sorry to anybody listening who thought that I was going to be a Jesus fan. (laughs) No. Well, thank you for listening. And um, anything you want to plug at the end of the podcast here, Tyler? Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, So I have a bunch of shows coming up this summer. Uh, My next show is May 27th um, in Albany, Oregon at Calipuya Brewing at 7 p.m. So come on out for that. I'm playing in Bend the following week, June 2nd. That's a Thursday at the Campfire Hotel. And that one's at 6 p.m. Both shows are free. It's just me for two hours. So come out and just, I tell a lot of stories and I have a good time. And I there's also beer there, which is very crucial. Um, and so, yeah, lots, lots of shows coming up. TylerJohnHartmanMusic.com. We're still raising money for Friends of Outdoor Schools. Stay tuned there. And uh, thanks everybody for being part of that. Yeah. And uh, you can check out it's things that I've written and things that I think about at hd-creates.neocities.org. And send this, uh, send our podcast around to other folks if you think they'd like to hear about it, or you think they're curious about some new music they'd like to hear, because our taste is awesome. And we're very good at talking about music. Like, look how cool we are, you guys. You guys don't even know. (laughs) Also, if anybody has like, things that they'd like to hear us talk about just shoot us a message on instagram or whatever and just mm-hmm. let us know yeah and you can also email us at hd and tyler hartman at gmail.com thanks again for listening 
in his versions. Motherfuck. Sorry, there's... Is there a biker gang outside? The fucking biker gang. They are. They are. They're kitty corner for me. <laughs> you fucks. Oh, anyway. Uh, let's get motorcycles. I feel like that we would be really cool if we had motorcycles. I mean, my favorite coffee shop is a coffee and motorcycles place. <laughs> That's awesome. I've always, I've actually talked about getting a motorcycle at times, but it was because of the gas mileage to commute. Yep. Work, so that's a little less cool, but. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the, the insurance cost is super low because you just die. <laughs> you just die. It's, it works out nicely for the insurance company because you're dead. You're super dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't have bones anymore. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.